Hey guys, this is Ryan Grow with Lifeway Films, and recently I had the pleasure of watching Someone Like You, which is a film by Karen Kingsbury, and I was blown away. This film really illustrated some beautiful concepts that are, that are really packaged in a gospel-centric framework. You're going to walk out of the theater feeling good, encouraged in your faith, and really this movie helps provide a framework for forgiveness and walking through tough times. So if you get a chance, I would encourage you, go to someonelikeyou.movie, and while you're there, sign up for Karen's A-list. You can purchase tickets, learn more about the movie, see the trailer. That's someonelikeyou.movie. I think you'll really enjoy this film. Hey, welcome to the show. This is Karen Kingsbury. And as I've said many times, I have written countless books, but I have never told my story. And that's what this show is all about. Just sharing my heart with you, the pieces of my story that you probably don't know. Last week, we talked with my youngest son, Austin, uh, about his heart defect that he was born with and about the precious lasts in our life. He lost football at an early age, and it was something very dear to him. And we just talked about the last. And I read a, a children's book that I wrote called Let Me Hold You Longer. But this week, we're going to talk about beginnings and the beginnings of a family called the Baxters. Super excited today. I am so thrilled that I have with me my very dear best friends, Scott and Missy Reeves. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank, Thank you for you, having Karen. us. How are you? I am doing so good. This show is so much fun. I didn't even know. I, I have said to some of my friends and family, like, this was kind of like walking blind through a tunnel. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> but it's been a, a great time. I've really enjoyed it. And I want to hear I want to hear how things are going with you before we get into the Baxters. Um, you know, we can start with you, Scott. What have you been up to? And uh, and Missy, I'd love to. I just want to hear what's been going on. Well, First of all, you're pretty you're pretty good at walking through tunnels blind. Yes, <laughs> I would say. And uh, but we've been really well. We've uh, we've been doing good. We uh, have been extremely busy. First and foremost, with four grandsons and four little guys, four our little, little buddies, our four little buddies. They're our pride and joy. Uh -huh. Yeah, that's something we have in common, right? Four little grandsons yes, that are running around boys. and constantly yeah. keeping us. It's so fun. Yeah. Hey there, podcast listeners. Get ready for an incredible experience because Karen Kingsbury's much-anticipated movie, Someone Like You, is hitting theaters on April 2nd across the U.S. and Canada. This film is a beautiful, redemptive, gospel-centric love story based on Karen's best-selling novel. It's been hailed as one of the most anticipated films of 2024. Check out the trailer at someonelikeyou.movie. And while you're there, sign up for Karen's A-list. You can also purchase tickets and learn more about the movie. Again, that's someonelikeyou.movie. So I know you as two of my closest friends and people who we laugh with and we have over to the house and me and Donald just enjoy every minute that we have with you, with you both. But the world knows you as these famous actors who have been household names for the last several decades, um, kind of a, a force in Hollywood and on many different shows. I thought if you just want to give a little like, I don't know, bio or like what got you into acting? Um, we can start with you, maybe Missy, like what got you into acting? Uh, a little bit of your bio and just like what, what people would mostly know you from? Well, I think uh, most people would know me from Days of Our Lives. It was just this incredible 
gift given to me at 18 years old by the Lord, which I didn't know at the time. Um, but I can see his hand now looking back in my life. And he had that job so specific for me for so many reasons that I could go on about. Um, but that days of our lives has been my life and I'm so grateful. And, um, as time went on, we decided, well, maybe we would like a different life for our children. So we decided to move to Nashville and we've been here 17 years now and still commuted back and forth to LA for work. Um, and now I'm a grandma with four grandbabies and just loving country life and, um, just, thankful to the Lord for where he has brought us. That's well, I'm, I, and I'm really grateful that I'm really grateful that uh, he uh, brought days of our lives to her <laughs> because uh, days of our lives is what brought us together. Uh, and mm. so looking back, you, you, you know, when you, when you see God's providence, it's, it's really crazy. You know, uh, you know, even in the midst of, crazy Hollywood and how, how nutty it can be sometimes, you know, you go, wow, you know, every little, every little step that we took and every little, every place that we were placed, there was a purpose behind it. And, um, and so, uh, golly, I grew up in LA. So, uh, when I, by the time I jumped into the acting world in high school and then started working out of high school it wasn't that long after I started working out of high school is when I, I got on Days of Our Lives and we met in 1988. And, and so I was on that show for just under a year and we were just really acquaintances. We, we saw each other in the halls and in the makeup room. Hey, Missy. Hey, Scott. And uh, it wasn't until I left, about four months after I left, when I was visiting that set one day just to say hi to friends. I was in, I was in town auditioning and doing various things and uh, ran into Missy in the makeup room. And I don't know, I don't, obviously it was the Lord ultimately that kind of sparked that, that interest. And, um, see, you're getting the detailed version. <laughs> this is how we tell stories. I'm the unabridged. Guy. I love it. I love it. I love it. I'm gripped. Go oh ahead. Go keep, keep, keep telling me. I'm in the makeup room yes. with you right now. So, yes. <laughs> Karen's, Karen's going to have to send this to her editor. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that led to me inviting her over to my place with friends. You know, uh, I that night actually after we ran into each other. And then the rest is history as far as we're concerned. We were together every day uh, from that point on. She, I mean, the following day, she met my parents. She had dinner at my mom and dad's house. She helped me wash my dogs. She, uh, <laughs> and this was, uh, I can almost, it was January 23rd was our first date. January 23rd, 1989 Nine. yeah. was our first date that I invited her over to my place with friends. And January 24th was when she came over and we saw each other every day after that. And we were engaged a month later and married less than a year after that. Wow. And, and that was, we, we were married March 23rd, 1990. Um, you know, I thought it would be fun to go back a little bit to what brought us together as friends, because we have had such a good time and, and shared so many happy, fun moments. And then an entire summer 
I don't even remember. Was it not, was it 2006 or something where we were uh, wow. we had your family came and basically lived with our family. We had you know a big house we had just built, lots of space, seven acres, and uh, we hung out for like a month and we we played guitars together and um, sang and took hikes and trips. It was just an incredible like I look at, back at life and I think. So busy, you know, both of us, our different careers, you know, uh, your family, our family, both families, just very busy families, but and very visible and, and always something going on. But somehow God carved out that month, month and a half, whatever it was, where we were together and it was like summer camp every day. I don't think we ever stopped laughing. What do you remember about that time? Well, I remember, you know, we had met before that. Well, you know, I was reading your books. I was reading the Baxters. And then, um, and I kept talking about it to everybody that I knew. And our friends, Phil and Heather, Joel, they said, you're not going to believe it. We're going on a cruise with Karen Kingsbury. And I was like, I'm going on that cruise with you. I don't care what I have to do. I am going to meet Karen Kingsbury because I want to live in her books. And I just want to be in them. And um, they were like, yeah, come on along. And so that is how our friendship when we first met. So how amazing that shortly after that, we're spending a summer together. And literally, I would laugh at night, like in the bed in your room and be like, I'm in Karen Kingsbury's bed in her house. <laughs> like My wife was fangirling over. I was a super over. fan. Um, super so. fan. And it was such a wonderful, Aww. special summer. We it, it really was. It It's so rare to get that much time with people. And we did. We laughed and laughed and laughed. And our kids just had a ball, and it was just sweet, just sweet time with the Lord, sweet time with friends, and wonderful season. And I, uh, yeah, actually, I'm going to add yeah, a little bit to that. Oh, sorry. Um, we uh, <laughs> the, the, a little bit of the unabridged, but but uh, um, I, the, Missy had been reading your books, and this was before this was pre cruise, pre us meeting, and. She had. She was like telling everybody, "You've got to read Karen Kingsbury. These Karen Kingsbury books. The back, you know, it's the Baxter series." And and she was trying to convince me. <laughs> so, I mean, so many nights she's like, "Honey, you have got to start reading these books. You are going to love them." Because she knows, you know, I'm a sucker for for heartstrings being pulled, and you know, I just I I love. I love uh, relationship relationship stories that that tie families together and tie people together, and so I fought it for a, a long time. And I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. So finally, uh, she gave me the first one in the Baxter series, and I mean, after the first chapter, I, I was I remember being in bed reading the first chapter of, of the Baxters, and I'm sitting there and I'm I'm having to like turn over because I, I'm sitting here bawling and I'm like, what, what did you do to me? You know, you re- you reeled me in you- <laughs> and I've, and I've taken the hook and, and now I can't get out and, and I, and I don't want to get out. And I, so that's what I dove in head first. So we devoured every one of those Baxter series books and I remember, and every book after that. And every book after that. And <laughs> every book but, since. <laughs> but the Baxters is what drew us in and that whole fan because we always we were we're similar in that way. We always wanted kind of this 
big family with you know i mean we were the we wanted to be the baxters we 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 were like i can envision us on on the lake having holidays with our kids and, and the but stuff you know what it's it's not because they it's not because they were a perfect family it's it's because right. they were a family that just had the lord in every circumstance in their life in the joy in the sorrow it, it was just that family that you go oh this is how we want our family to be to handle every situation in their life that's what was so special it wasn't like oh this idyllic family right. that's not real it was incredibly real and and sad and happy i mean every it was all the emotions but just how everything how the family dealt with everything was so sweet. I think that's what attracted us too was the the raw, the raw real side of the Baxters. That you know you don't it didn't shy away from stuff that really I mean stuff that we were going through stuff that our kids were going through and friends, like yeah friends. wow it's you know it's okay and there's and there's there's redemption and there's restoration and we mm-hmm. can relate I mean we could yeah. fully relate to this you know, what they're going through. So we just, you know, that just captured us. So there we are, and we're on a cruise ship, and we're in the green room, uh, which, you know, was about the size of a very small, what, kitchen or something. It was it was like we were behind the scenes somewhere in the kitchen, I felt like. Um, and there we are, and I'm sitting at a table, and I think I came over to your table and asked if I could borrow the salt or something. I don't know what it was, something at your table that you had. Uh, or, or did I come over and say hello to Jill? I'm trying to think what it was, but I mean, it was like we could have reached across tables and touched the, each other's backs of chairs yes. because it was so small. Um, but then, and I hadn't met you yet at that point, so take it from there. I knew we were going to be in that room. So, you know, the minute I walked in, I was like, there she is. There she is. There she is. <laughs> and, and we were laughing because I'm like, I'm going to act so dumb. I don't even know what I'm going to say. I'm going to start talking about the Baxters and I'm going to make a fool of myself. And then of course you and your family were so sweet and gracious and, you know, Karen, that's what we love about you is that you're just, you're, you're real and you're like that with everybody. You're not just like that. Cause you know, we just wanted to meet you when we were in this little green room, we've seen you with everyone that reads your books, you're gracious and you're kind and you, and you're willing to listen to them and pray with them. And, and that's, it is a gift the way you treat others. Thank you. So sweet. And it was sweet. We had a sweet time with you. Yeah. Yeah. We, and I remember, I remember that, I remember that room vividly, Yeah. you know, and going, okay. And then when we met, we both knew, we're like, wow, this is, this is be, this went beyond just meeting each other and maybe being familiar with what we did and what you did and what it was like, Man, there's there's a connection here that that mm-hmm. we're gonna be. I said we're gonna be. We're gonna know. We're gonna know each other on a much deeper level because I think there's. I said you know because my wife's gonna follow you around for the rest of her <laughs> life. So <laughs> we're not. <laughs> when we uh, when we got when we were done, you know, as as the cruise moved forward, and we were, you know, I thought, oh wow, this is so weird. There there was such a connection there, and there wound up being. There wound up being a much deeper connection there because mm-hmm. of the because of both of our pasts and yes I mean the, the 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 connections that we kind of came to discover when we were talking 
and kind of discussing things in our in our history and where we grew up and we kind i mean we were we were missing each other Literally. by that much yeah uh because we were we were at the same i was going to school at the same church you and donald were going to church at and mm. and it was a small christian school so i said wow we knew so many of the same people and it was a small circle of people it and, was yeah this is crazy how- yeah it was so, it was so incredible it was incredible how god put it put it together and knew that we needed to be best friends and i mean when we're together the laughter like you know we i think we just we can go we can go from deep stories crying to laughing and crying and and that's like the baxters too right that's exactly kind of what the point was so and i wasn't sure if you knew the beginning of the baxters but um it's it's kind of fun to share how that happened so i was you know, I had written six novels, and nobody really knew what they were. I mean, I had I think we had 15,000 copies uh, sold of each one, which meant that on my off time, I was contemplating going back to waiting tables because um, there, was, there was no way we could really afford it. And Donald was teaching, you know, those early years, teaching at West Valley, and then we moved to Arizona, and he was teaching there, and then we moved to Washington State, and I think that's where we were living uh, when we had the cruise, and, and got to, I got to meet you, and the joy of that, um, these two beautiful, famous actors, I was like, they, they know me, <laughs> like it was just kind of one of those hilarious moments in my life, and um, and so around that same, you know, before before we met. So back to maybe the days of Arizona and then early days of Washington, uh, I was I got a, a call from my agent, and my agent said, "Karen, um, there's Gary Smalley, and Gary Smalley, this this guy who was uh, writing nonfiction books about relationships, and he was very well known at the time. He toured and spoke, you know, at different events and whatnot. And I knew who he was. Uh, he loves your books. He's in love with your books. He thinks they're amazing. So." Anyway, he connected us, got on the phone with Gary, and Gary said, Karen, I keep making a fool of myself whenever I'm on a plane because I'm reading your books and I start crying. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, he said, my sons are telling me, you know, you've got to be, get it together, dad, you can't do this. But he said, I really want to meet you and I want to meet your family. So ended up, um, me and Donald and the kids all flew out to Branson, Missouri, where Gary Smalley lived. And we ended up having this beautiful two days. He took us out on Table Rock Lake. And he said, here's the, here's what I want to tell you, Karen. He said, I love your stories. They are going to change the world more than I can change the world with what I'm doing. So I'm praying that your name and your books will become much bigger than what I'm doing so that people can forget about me, but that they all know your books. Which, what in the world? That was like the most unbelievable thing, you know, for him to say, super humble man. I, of course it sounded outrageous and like outlandish, like that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, but he was just, he was unwavering and he said, you know, Karen, I think what I'd like you to do is head home thinking about a series. Think about writing about a family and maybe you and I could partner on these novels and like you could use my relationship teachings like love is a decision and forgiveness is love, that kind of thing, and and use the teachings that I've spent a lifetime kind of gathering and talking about and incorporate those into some, you know, a series of novels about a family. So I'd never thought about that before. And on the way home, on the flight, on one flight home from Missouri to Washington, uh, I 
the Lord like filled my heart with all of the stories of the Baxters, like their names, what they did as their career jobs, what their problems were, their struggles, um, where they lived in in the Midwest somewhere near a lake, near a college. Like it was all there, and I'm just furiously writing, writing out in copious notes the whole flight. Like I was in a totally different zone, and I could feel the Lord like right there, you know, right there in my heart, just telling me, this is what I want you to do. And like tears are streaming down my face. Like, you know, my husband, you know, like Donald, like looking over at me going, what are you, honey? What, what, <laughs> why, why are you crying? What is it? What is happening? And uh, he's of course used to that. He's used to me being a little bit crazy <laughs> with it, when it comes to the books. Um, you know, laughing or crying in the corner with my laptop. Uh, so he always is, he's kind of just pats me on the head. As you know, you've seen it yourself. When he does that, I mean, he has that funny voice that he uses, you know, for me where it's, it's so funny. It's like, it's like his, I love Lucy, like, okay, honey, I don't know. I don't even want to try to do it, but it's, he's, he, he, he cracks me up, but I was, I was so in the moment. I almost like didn't even laugh at, at his teasing me, um, and got home and I showed all of these like kind of sketches on this on this family this Baxter family that I had the names so I already had everything that God had given me on that one flight and I showed my dad and my dad was like Karen these are people are going to love this this is going to be like a hope opera you could just keep writing about it over and over and over and I thought okay that I like it a hope opera okay and he said when you write it you need to find that Roma Downey woman and you need to tell her about it because she, that touched by an angel woman, she would want to make this into a TV show. Oh my goodness. And so I was like, okay, dad, I don't have her phone number. <laughs> what do I do about that? You know? Um, and so, you know, so yeah, I began, began writing them and they just took off. And it was one of those things where God had other things in mind for our family with adoption that was yet to come. And, uh, and he knew that, that this would be the changing point for us, that this Baxter family would change everything. So yeah, for the first five books, I had, uh, it was, they say on the cover with Gary Smalley. Yeah. yeah and he wasn't really much of a writer. He, he enjoyed, he, you know, speaking. He didn't do novels. But then after five books, he said, Karen, he said, this is all you. You know, I'm not writing any of this. Wow. So he said, you just, you, you're on your own. You got it. And bowed out. So isn't that something? Wow. Amazing. Amazing. That is amazing. And I've been in that airplane seat with my head buried in the window. That's why I yes. get that's why I get a window seat every time I'm on an airplane. Yeah. I'm like, oh no, what am I doing to myself on an airplane? And uh <laughs> Karen Kingsbury on an airplane is is tough. Yes, that's yeah. <laughs> that's such a neat story, though. I never, I mean, in all the years we've known each other, I've never heard that story. So that is so neat to hear that. That's amazing that he handed that yeah. off and just bowed out. And yeah. incredible. Yeah, the whole yeah, that's crazy. I mean, there was a piece at the end. He was busy doing his own thing, you know. And there was a, a piece at the end of each of those first five right. books that said like a word from Gary Smalley. Uh, and I was writing that too. So I like I was yeah. writing all of it and he knew that and he was like, you know, and, but the reality was, I mean, it dramatically changed the trajectory of my life as a novelist because suddenly I remember book two, I went to a book conference and the line was wrapped around the booth and people were just so excited about the Baxters. They were just, it was, these were all store owners, people who worked at bookstores at this conference and they were aware of what was, they were like, we, they were hungry for book two. Wow. So it was this, it, I, I, cry, I was crying. I thought, 
Kelsey was with me at that event and, and we were just looking at each other saying, something is happening. Like we could see it right in front of our eyes. Like something is happening with this family that only God could do. And that was the tremendous, like, changing moment it was a, a crossroads and i thought I, I don't think i'm gonna have to waitress like this is gonna be good right. <laughs> <laughs> i might have a few more people who are gonna read these books um I'm so, fun. And so then after the oh no i was trying to remember because you just said yeah go sparked this because it is, it really truly is life-changing fiction and i've handed these mm. books to people mm-hmm. books that you would I mean, to people that you would never imagine going into a bookstore and and going to that section of a bookstore to, you know, they're just, whether it's guys that are, you know, tough guys and and macho guys or whatever. And and giving these books to guys that have, I mean, after they read them, they're calling me and they're like, oh, you're not going to believe, it made me cry. (laughs) <laughs> and and it and it but it really also it didn't just make him cry it it illustrated um the lord in ways that interestingly you know even if they have had heard about that previously in their life they're like wow you know this it kind of painted pictures that they could understand and it mm-hmm. and it changed their life yeah and which is crazy. And so I was curious when was it life changing fiction from day one or did it become at what point did you decide to kind of call your stuff life changing fiction? You know, for me, that was something that I was hearing from the readers. So they would they would write in, they would email me and they would say, you know, I uh, my marriage like it was on the rocks and I read these books and and like I have apologized to my husband and I've forgiven him and we're on a different track now and because of your books and what God is doing through them. And one letter they said, one, one, one woman said, your stories are getting in through the back door of my heart. Like I think I had walls up and I wasn't teachable. I didn't want to change. I didn't want to forgive. I didn't want to, I felt badly done to. I was the victim and I didn't want to have to, you know, make things right with that person. But your stories came in through the back door of the heart of my heart, wow. and it changed everything. And I thought about Jesus. And with Jesus, you know, uh, if he wanted to tell you something straight, he just told you straight. Uh, if he wanted to make a point, he would turn over a table. But when he wanted to touch your heart, he told a story. And he let people lean in, like those who have ears to hear, let them hear. And And that's something that I feel like he's gifted me to do in the sense that um, he puts the story on my heart like a movie, like a film, and I just get to kind of be the first reader. I never feel like I'm making it up. So wow. I've been known to, you know, come to the conversation at like a dinner conversation uh, after I've written two or three chapters that day. And in the course of conversation, I'm, <laughs> I say something kind of crazy like, "Well, Ashley uh, thought that too before she," <laughs> and then I kind of stop. <laughs> Oh wait, she, she's fictitious. She's not real. <laughs> my family, rather than trying to commit me, you know, my family is like, it's okay, mom, just take a breath. You know? <laughs> but in a sense, um, I I feel like it's sort of like acting in a sense because you 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 immerse yourself. You know, you're so immersed in in your part. You're so immersed in your in your books and these characters and. You know, you do, you have to sort of go, okay, and now I have to, now I'm home. I'm not 
acting anymore. I'm not writing anymore. It's sort of that separate, that break you have to make, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and, and exactly. You- come back to life. <laughs> come back. I've come told back, you numerous back. times that my name isn't Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Okay, so speaking of acting, so funny. That's too funny. Well, speaking speaking of acting, I want to go back a little bit to that. When you were, if you go back, you could go back and say something to your younger self. I know you um, can see the fingerprints of God through your entire acting careers, obviously. And I think it's it's um, how did how did faith make an impact in your journey? And when did that happen? When did you know? Okay, this is me and God here on out? Uh, well, I wasn't a believer when I started Days of Our Lives. So it was after that, probably uh, maybe I was already maybe 10 years on the show. And I knew at that moment that I became a believer. My life was going to be different. My workplace was going to be different. I, ju- I just knew that from there on out, my job was the Great Commission. I was representing Christ wherever I was, whatever I was doing, mm. um, with no compromise. You know, so coming straight out of New Jersey at seventeen with mm. terrible language and you know just living a, a wild life. I was a wild teenager to just being oh, so changed by the Lord. <laughs> Well, probably in the Lord's eyes, I was pretty wild. Uh, that would be all of us. <laughs> I was pretty wild. <laughs> I mean, it was pretty bad. Um, you know, but then, but I knew, I, I knew, I was like, Lord, you gave me this job for yourself, not to make me famous, but to make mm-hmm. you famous and to be, to represent you now while I'm here for however long, however much longer you have me here, I'm representing you and not myself. Mm. And, um, it was so freeing. It was, it, it took so much of the pressure off of, I don't have to be an actress. I don't, I don't have to be famous. I don't have to have this job to fulfill Mm. me, but the Lord's given it to me now to represent him. Beautiful. You know, and I, I think to myself, I think when I, I can remember you and I in New York City one time, I don't know what we were doing, but we took a trip to New York and we saw some shows. We were having so much fun. Yeah. And every, felt like every 20 steps, somebody was stopping you. <gasps> Melissa, is he, look, oh, oh my goodness, can I have a picture? Can I have an autograph? It was, and you were so gracious. So if you, if you want to know what it looked like from the outside, it was, it was this, here was this beautiful friend of mine just oozing Jesus loving people, whoever it was that came up and wanted a picture, just you happily stopped and signed an autograph, took a picture. And, you know, it's one of those things where people know that you have Jesus by just being with you, Missy. And I think that's something um, I love about you. I, among all the other things, it's just this beautiful grace that oozes from you. And, uh, and, and it showed up in your workplace in ways that we'll never know this side of heaven. And I think that's the, uh, the incredible gift of God. And, and Scott, you, you too. How did it go for yes. you? Yes. Amen. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, you know, I was, and on the other side of the fence, I was born and raised in a Christian home, uh, and which was a huge blessing. Mm-hmm. And at the, but at the same time, it's interesting because when I met Missy, you know, I mean, I, and again, you know, she said she was a wild child from New Jersey. I said I was born and raised in the in a Southern Baptist church, and I was probably wilder, a much wilder child than she was because I was like, 
I was like, I'm going to do everything. I was the rebel. I was like, I'm going to do everything that I was told not to do because I'm, because I'm bad. And so <laughs> uh, as time went on, by the grace of God, uh, he, um, he saved me and salvaged me and, and led me, led, led, led us together, you know, brought us together. And so at the time we met, I was on Days of Our Lives. That was kind of near the beginning of my career, uh, back in the, in the mid to late eighties. And, um, when we met, it kind of, you know, in retrospect, you know, you never know how the Lord's working because I, you know, on one side of the coin, it kind of was indicative of where my where I was in my walk because she wasn't a believer, and but you know I was like it didn't really you know I was a tri- I mean she was beautiful and we got along and you know well you know I was raised in a Christian home and you know but I wasn't giving that much thought when it came to you know where my eyes were and what I was attracted to. But it, by, again, it, God's providence is crazy because you look back and his grace is crazy because, you know, we wound up mm-hmm. dating and getting together. And when that happened, I was aware of my faith in a very immature way. But at the same time, it was there. God was there and he, God knows what he's doing. And contrary to what, you know, my desires were, you know, we still, we got married and, you know, it, it, it was rough at times. I mean, you know, we were, we were kids, man. And so. It was a good lesson for us though, I think also bu- to teach our children. Yes. You know, is really find someone who loves the Lord like you. You want to be equally yoked and, and it doesn't always work out. You know, when I was not a believer when we got married, and and so we were able to teach our kids, you know, through some hardship and God's grace. Yes, we the Lord just restored our our life. But you know, for our kids, we're like, oh, <laughs> we can help you to avoid avoid pitfalls. <laughs> yes, but but at the same time, for me as a very you know. It made me look at, take a look at, Missy made me take a look at myself because I was like, wow, you know, to watch, to watch her get saved and then to watch her grow as a believer. I'm like, whoa, I said, wow, I was, I was born and raised in a home, you know, a Christian home with, you know, my whole life. And here she comes to know the Lord and it just wham. And I mean, it made, it, it, it woke me up. To, to like, whoa, mm. you know, and she was old and she was, you know, uncompromising. And I'm like, wow, man, it, it, it was really just cool to wait, to see the way God worked in that. And in our marriage and in our lives to go, you know what, you know, God has mercy, thankfully, and, and he's, and he's gracious and, um, and he blessed, you know, and just, you know, to choose obedience, we were like, man, we, you know, it was always a struggle, you know, like, okay, you know, it, there were temptations and there were this, you know, to go this way or that way and go, you know, but if you're obedient, we saw, we, we saw the rewards in that. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it might've not come in our time timing, 
But, you know, eventually you're like, okay, I get it, Lord. I get it. You know, he would shake us, you know, and I'm stubborn. So, you know, Missy, she listens and she's like, got it. Me, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fight that a little longer. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dig my heels in. But then it's like, I, you know, I come up from the, all bruised and cut going, okay, yeah. It, <laughs> it took some slapping around, but, you know, I got there eventually. But uh, we both feel so incredibly blessed to, you know, just to go, wow, Lord, you know, the, just to see, you know, your hand in, in our life and how, how you've worked uh, with our, you know, through our children and our grandchildren, blessing us with those gifts. And again, yeah. you know, it, you know, when we came to know you, we were like, wow, Lord, you know, just to, you eventually, the whole picture starts getting clearer. The painting starts you're like, oh, wow. I, you know, we're, everything is starting to make sense, you know? And mm -hmm. because we, I, I saw it, as we're, all, we're all part of this big giant painting. And, you know, and some things aren't clear, but then things start, kind of, you, know, you know, getting clearer. You're like, oh, wow, yeah. You know, so it was kind of crazy to watch all that. And, and uh, as we moved forward and, and we kind of fast forwarded to where we are now, you know, the ups and downs. And, and again, to relate it to the Baxters, we're like, wow, we're, I mean, you, everyone can find the Baxters in their life, you know, because everyone walks through various things and everyone's life, everyone, everyone's lives looks different, but we're all, we're all humans. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy to, see how that kind of came together. Well, your story definitely feels like something that could have been from the Baxters. Think about Dane Matthews, who was the celebrity that, you know, the star that everyone mm -hmm. kind of knew him as the actor, but he, yeah. what he really craved was family and depth. And, you know, obviously the Lord knows he's so patient with us to, I mean, I was the same, you know, had such a, a worldly background, not the worst girl at school, certainly, but also but in God's eyes, yes, just like Missy, just like you said, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's something where God has this beautiful hand on you and he has grace for what you're going through and patiently draws you to himself. That's what he does. And that's what you see in the Baxters. Mm -hmm. Um, What's really fun and what's really crazy is that at about the same time, you were both talking and dreaming a little bit about wouldn't it be fun to be in one of her, like, let's, there should be movies on her books. Like, yeah. there should be something that, you know, well, that's what we want to do. We should, we want to do, we want to get into that. And at the same time, God was starting to plant in my heart the dream of making a movie. Uh, we both talked about that a little bit, you know, when you were with us like the whole summer and it was such a fun time, all of our families together, but we did have very deep conversations too. And in those deep moments, you know, the, the authenticity and the vulnerability of like, yes, we would love to do this. And me thinking, how can I make that happen? I would cast you today. Like, how do we do it? Um, but you know, how do I do it? Like, how, how does this even happen? How do you make a movie? How does that, how do we begin to do that? And so then over time, you know, the next 10, 15 years that went by, it became very obvious to me that with that, you have to have the money to make a movie or else yeah. you don't get any decisions. Like I had movies that have been made and even a TV series that was made. And I've recommended to have you both be in there. And I think sometimes it's almost like, you recommended it then no <laughs> you know like they're nice people and of course again i'm so thankful that those things got made but i didn't have any say 
So then it came time to make the movie Someone Like You. And I thought, you know what? And Donald looking at me in that one moment and saying, if we have to sell everything, then we are going to make a movie. We're going to follow God's will on this. We're going to swing the bat, take the leap, and make Someone Like You into a movie. We're going to use you know, our finances so we can make the decisions and we can make the movie that God has placed on our hearts. So he gave me courage, you know, that he's that strong spiritual leader. And, you know, I know you're that Scott and with Missy too, that we need guys like you. We need to lean in and go, okay, really, really? Okay. If it's fine, you know, if you feel good about it and you feel God saying yes, then I'm all in. And that's kind of where, um, where it was at the very beginning. And I knew right away that my Larry Quinn could only be Scott Reeves. Um, and I remember I talked to you, Missy, and you said, you know, I'm good. I'm good. I, I really feel like I am not, you know, I'm not looking to act in this season. I'm really loving being a grandmother. I acted for a long time in and out of that makeup chair in the makeup room or whatever. And just, you know, knowing that you were at peace with that. So I said, okay, great. Well, you know, so we needed to find other actors to sort of surround Scott, but he was the first person that I knew for sure he had to be one of the leads in my movie. So Scott, you know, you are Larry Quinn and you, I mean, you killed it. You did such a phenomenal job. I just kept being in awe over and over and oh. over again at your performance as, as playing the, the biological father you know, and just to catch people up, but the, the movie Someone Like You is about two girls, two twin sisters who were separated at the, embry- at the uh, at embryo mm-hmm. phase, at the Petri dish. And one grows up with her biological family, and that's London. That's You play London's father in the movie. And then the other one, you donate the embryo, you know, to another to a doctor who hands it to another doctor and it's in deep freeze for four years and then goes to this husband wife doctor team in Nashville. They end up having this baby girl, Andy, and they like to think it's just maybe them. Like maybe it wasn't the embryo. Maybe the embryo didn't take. And even though they'd struggled with fertility for years, maybe this, you know, was actually their daughter uh, biologically. And so they never tell her and they never tell her that she's not, probably not biologically related to them. So she, you know, she grew in her own mother in her mom's uh, belly. She was born of her mother. So it's very difficult to explain. But when she finds out, she heads in a fit of, you know, anger and betrayal and so upset, this 24-year-old girl heads straight to the Quinn house, her biological parents that she never met. And she... Um, is finds them in a season where they have just lost their daughter London. It's the the deepest season of grief a parent could ever imagine, and there you are playing the role of Larry, of the father that now has to greet this girl that looks just like played by the same actress, so looks just like London. Comes up the steps, and you've never even met, and she's twenty four. What was that like playing the role of Larry? I mean, just from the point where you read the script to the point where you got to take on some of those incredibly oh, tough scenes. I mean, it was, you know, it was a dream come true, really, because I, I've always, you know, for years, like you said, over the past decade or almost two decades, you know, we had talked about, do, you know, being involved in bringing some of your stories to life on screen. And so, um, when, you know, I read, when I read that book, I, of course it was another one that reeled me in and immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I was bawling at, at, at night in bed and, and, um, 
And I always, whenever I, I read something like that, while I'm reading the book, I'm imagining, like sometimes you imagine yourself when you find a character that you relate to or that, wow, that could be, I could be that guy, you know, or I could, I, you know, I could see myself doing that, playing that role. And so um, when, you know, and I knew when, and when you got, when you called me, I was, I was over the moon about getting to do that and, and super, super flattered and, and humbled by the fact that you guys called me and, you know, offered me this role. And, and so I, but I knew it was going to be uh, an emotional role and, and a role where, you know, you know, you're, you're dealing with losing a child. And I mean, that's probably any parent's worst fear and to, to have to face something like that. And, uh, and then, um, when, you know, in, in this particular story, when you're also, you know, it was, it was a lot of things pulling you in so many different directions because, you have another daughter, really, you know, biologically, and and but she's someone else's daughter, and you know when you've lost, you know, you're dealing with grief, and you're dealing with the desire to grab, you know, to hold on. You have someone else that you can hold on to that's that's not yours really anymore, and so it was it when I was excited and I was challenged and I was. Nervous because I wanted to do the best job I could possibly do for you guys because, you know, your 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 books have been so impactful in our life, you know, and uh, so I just wanted to do it justice. And on a side note, I aspire to be Donald. I love Donald so much. <laughs> and, so sweet. <laughs> and there are so many characteristics, so many traits of Donald that I I could pull into into characters where you know where you know as far as um sensitivity and you know not being afraid of of dealing with particular emotions and particular things but you know it was it was it was the great it was such a great experience and the whole time i was you know playing larry quinn i'm thinking gosh man i want to I want to do this. I want to do Larry, you know, this part justice uh, because I want to, I, I, I want to do something else. I, I want to keep, I want to keep bringing, you know, characters to life for Karen and Don, you know, in their, you know, in this journey, because I don't believe this is the last thing you guys are going to uh, do. Uh, I think there's a lot more to come. and We so, can't wait to make the next one. We're, we're already ready to make the next one. We're like, okay, this is, it was way too good. You know, Scott, I have to tell you, and Missy, it was fun. You got to join me in Video Village uh, a couple of days watching watching Scott perform as, as Larry Quinn. And we got to talk about this and just how God is so incredible working things out over decades that we could never have asked or imagined at how great it actually ended up being. And, um, and I don't even know if I've shared this with you, but I've, you know, we've gotten to show the movie to several studio executives, CEOs of major uh, studios, and also Amazon Prime as they've all taken a look at it. And it, it could end up being there at this point. We aren't sure, you know, down the road, we wouldn't really have a plan yet, 
But these are people who are like high up in Hollywood. And they were all just, they, they remarked specifically, Scott, about how incredible your performance was. Wow. And just how, I mean, just, they were blown away by it. Like, many of them said, this looks like a $30 million movie. Wow. And, and it looks that way. I mean, yeah, it's beautiful cinematography. And you know, we found some great locations that, that God provided. But the acting... The acting is incredible, and it, and it stands out as different from other movies. And Scott, really, I just have to thank you for giving everything emotionally. Obviously, spiritually, you had been obviously praying about it, you could tell. But you just, I mean, watching your performance, I can, I can, I've watched the movie so many times now, and we're still, you know, we're still in the middle of the kind of getting ready to, to launch. This will, you know, as this is what, the end of January now, and um, we've got just a couple months before everyone's going to see what we already know of just what an incredible performance you gave. Um, but it, it is just one of those things where even in the middle of, mar- of the editing process, coloring and final sound effects and whatnot, and I would just watch a, just a 15 seconds of a performance from one of your scenes and tears, tears in my eyes. And just, oh, you know, man. Tyler would be working with me. Um, you know, Tyler uh, is obviously the director. What was it like working with Tyler? I mean, you knew him as a kid and then to see wow. him as a director. He, I, w- I was so incredibly impressed by Tyler has, he you has. You came home every night talking about. I really did. I was like, I am, I am Tyler's so blowing me away. I Tyler. Yeah. I said, not just, I mean, as a direct, I mean, as a direct, his, his directorial debut, I'm like, I mean, this kid, I, I, I knew him as a kid and <laughs> I said, but as a man and as uh, uh, a follower of Christ and and just he is so he Tyler knows who he is on such a level uh, and, and at such a young age, I, I was blown away. And I and and I attribute and thank you for the compliments on on. But, man, I, I'm super humbled by that. And I and I'm the most probably one of the most insecure actors <laughs> on the planet because I'm always, you know, it's, you're always giving yourself a, a, a critique. And so, but he was, I mean, he was like uh, an actor's director. I mean, he, and he had such great, incredible insight. You could tell he had done the homework and you could tell he knew exactly what he wanted but he knew really exactly how to pull it out of everyone too and he gave everybody the space to do that and the i mean mm. that that's not easy to do when you know some you know what you want but at the same time you have to kind of let let everything breathe and let it ha- and let it happen after you have you know it poured into these people kind of explaining and and helping helping people bring stuff to the surface and uh but he allowed that and and, he and then did, at the same time probably yeah. in the back of his mind going okay and what time is it and staying on time and you said you know he was never stressed never uh, stressed oh, he never came and, i mean he never let us see that if you know, he was and then to be getting done on wow. time every day and not i mean on time thank yeah. you jesus he yeah. was yeah. and and he was and I'm like, that's rare. I was like, man, Tyler. I'm thinking in my, I'm thinking, man, this Tyler, he is gonna go. I mean, this is what he was made to do, man. Yeah. I mean, because 
he is so gracious in the way he handled everybody. And I don't care who it was. He, he, um, from the top, and I hate to say from the top to the bottom, from, but from one, from one position to another position, you know, because everybody was as equally important as the next person. And he made sure that everybody knew that. I don't care if you were one of the, the stars or if you were uh, catering or if you were, I mean, every yeah. aspect of making something like this happen is, is equally important. And he was so good at that. And yeah. so I'm like, man, I mean, I would, I, I wouldn't have wanted his job because he, it was, he did it. He was amazing. So I was, I'm like, man, I hope I get to work with Tyler again. I'm like, this was the, this was one of the, and I, and I told numerous people this, I said, it was one of the most unique sets. And again, obviously we all know this, you know, the Lord, the Lord was at the heart of it. And, and even that, absolutely, that was apparent. You know, even if it wasn't, you know, because um, we are, you know, kind of, we're we are like minded, and there were like minded people involved in this. But at the same time, you know, there were people who were like, you know, you know, what are you know who weren't believers and who didn't know the. But it was the yeah. it was such an incredible setting, you know, to be able to go, wow, we're getting to create something here and, and, and bring a story to life, which is, you know, in and of itself, you're like, who gets to do that? And, and it was a huge blessing. And, but at the same time, it was, it was, there was a, uh, uh, there was a ministry aspect to it because it's like, okay, man, I better, I better be on my game here on every level because people are watching us and they're watching how we're reacting. But going back to Tyler, he handled this. He was such an incredible um, conductor because he, you know, he, I think he, I, and everybody knew it and everybody saw it and he impacted everybody. And I hope and pray that we get to do it again. Yeah, absolutely. We will do it again, Scott, for sure. And what, Missy, what was it like watching your husband, you know, in his talented ways, bring to life a character that was from a book you loved. So how did, how was that? Well, it was interesting because when, when Scott was just talking, I thought, you know, here's this crazy gift of these soap operas that we were a part of for so many years where you get on a good, you get one take usually that's it. And they want, Mm -hmm. you know, they work fast and it's scene after scene after scene. And so I just think, you know, you're, you're so ready all the time with all of these emotions. You sort of know how to prepare so quickly to go to that place. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. Like, he can, he can cry like that because he's had to. He's had to, like, you know, you have to be ready with this emotion. And, and it is so real. So you have to sort of go to this real place of emotion and yeah. be able to have that come out quickly. And so I thought this was such a perfect movie and such a yeah. perfect book for him to do that. And, um, and obviously he did like that. I mean. Oh, it was amazing. It was incredible. I, I didn't expect any less. I say. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It was so, it was so special. And even still, like, we've, well, but now you've seen, obviously, a, a, an early version of the movie. And 
I mean, that was an incredible experience to be in the same room with you when you got to see that for the first time. That was an amazing moment. How, do, how was it's, that? It's funny. Uh, to be frank, I, I, like I said, I generally, usually I'm, I'm, I hate watching myself. Um, and I, and I, because I'm a lot of times I'll sit there and go, Oh man, maybe I should have, you know, done this or done that, you know, a lot of times and I'll be critiquing myself the entire time. But I actually, you know, I, and maybe, and again, this was such a unique project in a lot, in so many ways, but in the biggest way, you know, of what was covering, what was covering this project and I was like, I was able, actually able to sit there and just kind of watch and enjoy and, and kind of let myself get lost in, it, or in the story. Because you were that you know? good. That's why. And, That's the and, reason uh, that that so happened. It was, it, it was so much fun. And, it was, and it's not, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things that I've done in the past, you know, you go and you kind of labor over it and you're like, oh, wow, you know, it, and this... Everything about this from start to finish was so, um, I don't want to say easy, but it was, it wasn't, it, it was such, it was, it was, um, everyone was coming at this from such a different place, you know, and intentions were different and motives, were, you know, motives, there were no ulterior motives. There were no, you know, it was so, it was just so nice to come home every night and go, wow, man, that was, I came home feeling refreshed and like, so, you know, and obviously it's a gift that God has given all of us creatively to be able to channel that creativity that he's instilled in us. Totally. I really believe, you know, he give he's given us our emotions and he's gifted all of us with the, uh, with, with the ability and the, the means, especially in this project to, entertain people and to you know and to hopefully draw people and so it was it was so much fun just to get to do that and and to feel good about that and i came home going wow lord i get i'm coming home actually getting to feel good about everything i did today you know and um and uh so it was it was it was pretty it was a it was a gift well you know know, it was for me we talked about life-changing fiction and with the Baxters and it was life-changing for me to watch you give that performance and, and just, I know it'll be life-changing for people who see the movie. And, you know, I think back to the Baxters, you may not know, it was originally only going to be five books. So this is how God works. He just keeps putting things in, you know, in front of us about what he wants us to do next. I was at a soccer game where the boys were playing soccer and four seats down from me, a woman, an older woman was talking to her friend. And she said, Betty, I tell you, I just wish there would be a day when everyone could watch Joey play soccer. The kids are out on the field. And we, I think Sean and Josh and EJ were playing, and they were maybe you know 10 years old. And so her friend looked and said, what do you mean you want everyone to? And he, she said, well, my grandson has never known one of his uncles. She said, back in the day, my husband and I, you know, she said, I got pregnant um, outside of being married. And they sent me away. My parents sent me away. And... I had this baby and they made me give the baby up for adoption. And my husband and I ended up getting married and uh, we have four other children, but we, we'll never know where that little boy went and what happened to him. But I just wish we could all be together just one time. She was almost like on the verge of tears. And 
I'm listening, as I should probably not have been listening, wow. and I'm and I'm looking down the row at this woman, and I thought, oh my goodness, that is what happened to the Baxters. Yes, that's what it was. John and Elizabeth certainly. <laughs> John and Elizabeth had a baby that's outside right. of yeah. wedlock, and she had to, you know, be sent away and give the baby up, and the baby gets adopted by missionaries, and they raise this child in the jungles of Indonesia, and they put him in a boarding school, and then the parents are in a single engine twain. Twin, well, twin engine, what is it? A little tiny plane, and they're up in the sky, and the the plane crashes, and they lose. He, this poor boy, loses his adoptive parents, and now he's just an orphan. And he goes back to Los Angeles, and he goes to UCLA, and he becomes an actor. And now he's the biggest actor anyone has ever known. He's Chris Pratt, like everybody knows him. He's Scott Reeves, but he doesn't have his family. He doesn't have the Baxter family. And I thought, oh my goodness. Then he would be looking for the Baxters, and right. I have to write these books. So I got, I, I mean, it wasn't even halftime. And I'm wow. like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> this is, this has got to happen. Wow. So I called my agent and I said, you know, this is, this has got to be five more books at least. And then it just kept kind of going like that where people kept calling it life-changing fiction. God kept giving me ideas. And next thing you knew, I had 20, 20, 25 books. And, you know, this spring, I don't, I don't know, um, for sure the all the if we have all the details yet but this spring the baxters all 39 episodes will be released on amazon prime so we are uh, looking so forward to that and um, the timing of that with this movie again could only be god so we're just going to embrace that crazy timing of it all happening at once but thank you so much thank you for joining me today on the show and sharing your hearts about your past and your, your relationship and your faith and the beautiful role that you played, Scott, in someone like you. It's just incredible. Next week, um, we are going to talk about how the Baxters actually allowed us to have permission financially to be able to consider adoption and how that led to us doubling our family overnight, all because we asked our kids one simple question, how would you like a brother from Haiti? So we'll talk about that next week. Thank you so much again, Missy and Scott, my oh. dear sweet friends. We've got to get together and yes. laugh and play cards or sequence or For password. We have to. Yes. Play. We love password. Yes. We have to play that. It's <laughs> so much fun, <laughs> laughing our heads off. That's right. We have to do that. So, um, Scott, I'm going to ask if you wouldn't mind closing us today in prayer. Then we can be on our way. But Absolutely. I would love if you would do that. I would love to. Oh, Lord Jesus, we love you so much, and we just thank you for what an amazing God you are, and uh, thank you for your plan and your providence, and just thank you for just uh, all of the blessings you've bestowed on all of us, and just help us to be generous with that, and to just have hearts for uh, hearts for people, and Thank you for this uh, relationship we have with Karen and her amazing talent and ability to be able to reach so many people and for just the small, tiny part that we might be able to play in that. And just, uh, again, thank you for this time that we've had and the conversation and just bless her and Dawn as they move forward uh, in their journey. Uh, and just uh, thank you again for today and for this year. And uh, we just ask that you would uh, be with 
their family also. Watch over and protect them as they as they move forward in this crazy, crazy world. And uh, to just get your message out there through her, her talents. In your precious name we pray, Lord. Amen. Amen.